Welcome to 12 Tribes of Israel Congregation. Visit us at riseisrael.com or 12t.co. Our toll-free number is 888-447-1695. You can email us at scribe at riseisrael.com. The title of today's class is called Strange Science. And usually when we talk about science, you will never think that science is mentioned in the Bible. In the English Bible, the word science is found two times. But if you are a Spanish-speaking person or even a person that could read the Hebrew because this Bible was originally written in Hebrew, you will know that the word science is all throughout the Bible. In fact, the word science actually means knowledge. Now today, when we talk about science, we're not talking no more about knowledge. We're not talking about having concrete proof anymore. And this is something that we were taught in high school that science is supposed to be based on evidence, on something that you could recreate and through proven methods be able to say, okay, I know that this information is true. Today, science is more about theory. So this is why we're going to have this as a topic that we go over more than once talking about different scientific facts that are in the Bible, but yet today are looked upon with ridicule. And then there are certain things that are thought upon today because most people are not knowledgeable in the scriptures, that they're caught up in the conspiracies of YouTube. You have these people that are trying to make money off of ads, and so they make videos talking about things that are complete nonsense. But the fact that it's so catchy and, and so controversial and and the conspiracy theory in us want to believe it. So we'll talk about those topics in the future. Today we want to go into, should we be believing in the Bible? Or should we be believing in theories? We're going to begin in the so-called Old Testament. In the book of Daniel chapter 12, there's a prophecy there. That basically tells us that in these last days, knowledge is supposed to increase tremendously. So it says here in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4, it says, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words. And when it says shut up the words, meaning this Bible has been closed and many have picked it up to read it, but could not understand it. And the reason why is because the Bible is written by Israelites for Israelites, meaning that our forefathers wrote wisdom, knowledge, and understanding from the Heavenly Father, secrets are revealed in the Bible about the future and, and even about scientific things that it would have been impossible for them to know back then. Yet, man could not see what was written in the scriptures because the Holy Spirit was not given to them and because the Bible is the book of the chosen people. The so-called blacks and Hispanics and Native Americans, you are the 12 tribes of Israel. You are the chosen people. This book belongs to you. So you have everybody trying to teach you the Bible. You got religions trying to teach you the Bible. People going to seminary schools and colleges of theology. But to learn this, you need the Holy Spirit. So the Bible has been closed. So that means that every religion that existed before, and they, they might making claims that you know they were the first church. The Lord was not dealing with them because the book was closed. It says here, But thou, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book 
And sealing meaning lock it up. It says, even to the time of the end. Why to the time of the end? Hopefully you have listened to the 12 tribes introduction. When you read about the times that are going to come, which are going to be perilous, difficult times, troublesome times. In those last days, the Mosai is going to start raising up his leaders, which are going to be from the 12 tribes of Israel, his teachers. They were meant to be not only the teachers of their own people, but even the teachers of the world. So the Heavenly Father, he said, look, this knowledge is going to be held back from everyone. Until when? Until the last days when he wakes up his nation back to who they were. The understanding is coming back to them of who they were, of what they got to keep to be pleasing to the Heavenly Father. And by them being around the nations, those of the nations that listen will be blessed. Those of the nations that mistreat them will be what? Cursed. So the scripture says, to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, meaning many people travel to go to colleges. You got people that are here in the U.S. going to Harvard or Columbia or whatever different college, and they come from far countries just so they could get the degree and take back that knowledge to their countries. Even before America became famous and before America's universities, you had people going to England, to Cambridge, and to different places to try to learn wisdom, to try to gain understanding. And not just about science or engineering, but we are talking about even about biblical things. Before the Roman Empire, you had people that used to travel during Daniel's time period to Babylon to learn the scriptures or to learn astronomy or learn certain sciences. So many shall run to and fro, it says, and knowledge shall be increased. So in the last days, you're going to have people that are going to be able to, from their seat, travel half across the world through the internet and learn something about whatever the subject matter may be. But the point that we wanted from this verse is that knowledge shall be increased. We got to think about this. If knowledge is increasing, how come there's so many controversies, like, for example, whether you should wear a mask or not? Why is there controversies about how the coronavirus came to be? How is there controversies about vaccinations, um, flat earth, whether God exists or not? If so much knowledge is increasing, how come there's so much confusion? And the reason why is because people stop accepting science that is actual science. And they started having faith. Yes, the key word, faith, believing in theory. A theory is something that is possible, but it's not concrete fact. It's not something that you could reproduce sometimes. For example, the Big Bang Theory. That's the belief of how mankind and everything that we see exists because of some Big Bang. But is there concrete proof for that? No. You have so many different kinds of theories that exist, and they are exactly that, a theory, right? Anybody could come up with a theory. Anybody could say, oh, I believe that this is the case and give some convincing explanations. But if they cannot recreate it, as we were taught when we were little or in high school or whatever, science is supposed to be something that you could observe, something that you could reproduce. And something that you could show definite answers to. Like, for example, we might not think of math as being something 
scientific, but it is. For example, if you have a child and they go, how you know two plus two equals four? You show them by what? By raising two fingers and another two fingers and having them count one by one. A lot of scientific theories actually were proven by math. How come our people who do not understand most scientific theories that are put out there, they don't even research the information. How come they have so much faith in that instead of the Most High who could provide you proof? Because the Bible doesn't say just believe blindly. It says to believe the evidence that God gave us. What scripture says that? Let's go to the book of Hebrews. We're going to go to the scriptures of Hebrews chapter 11. And this is one of many scriptures that actually says that. To have that spirit where you have faith in the evidence that the Heavenly Father provided. So we're going to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. And it says here in Hebrews 11 verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And what does it mean by hoped for? It means that when you're hoping for something, it might not be present. It might not be in front of you. Right? Like we hope for the kingdom of heaven. Is it here yet? No. Is there evidence of it? Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's evidence that there will be a kingdom of heaven. That's what the next part says. For the evidence of things not seen. For the evidence of things not seen. For example, what is evidence of something that you have not seen? Most people say, I don't believe in God because I didn't see him. Well, you haven't seen oxygen either. But you believe that oxygen exists because you breathe the air, because you feel the wind. So you have evidence that it actually does exist. If you look at the people that are being taken to the hospital and putting ventilators and respirators and stuff like that, what's being pumped into their bodies? Oxygen. So we know that what? Oxygen, that's something that you cannot see with your eyes, exists. The Heavenly Father is telling us that there's evidence all around of signs. When you look at the creation, the first chapter of the Bible immediately shows you that this book is a scientific book. That they understood scientific methods of how the Most High created the planet and everything like that. As we continue reading the scriptures and continuing this topic, we're going to investigate all these things. Should we be believing in theories? The theory of evolution. Theory of a Big Bang. Theory that we came from monkeys. The theory of why there's different skin colors. And everything like that. All these different things we should always investigate within the Bible. And like I said, we need to look for proof. In the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And this applies not just to science, but it applies to everything. Most people come and say, you know, how I know you're telling me the truth? What you're teaching is the truth and not lies like every other religion. Well, because first of all, we're not speaking our, our own words. And second of all, proof is provided. Proof is provided. In churchianity, in Islam, or whatever religion, is blind faith. Just like science. Most people believe scientists before they believe the most high God who created them. 
How can you say, oh, I'm, I'm an atheist. Oh, I'm this, I'm that. Because an atheist is a person that doesn't believe in God. But yet, not realize that you are having more faith in something that is invalid. Something that's a theory, something that cannot be proven. But you going so hard saying, oh, I don't believe in God because, I, you know, that's stupid. That's, you know, how to control man and blah, blah, blah. And here it is that you're being controlled by man. Because if they tell you wear a mask or don't wear a mask, you do it. If they tell you take this vaccine or don't take this vaccine, you uh, you do it. So you have more faith in man who is most inventions that they have learned was through error. <laughs> and most um, most information that they have learned came from the Heavenly Father. For centuries, the Bible has been influencing most scientists. Even to this very day. Okay? So the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21, Prove all things. Prove all things. What do I mean by prove all things? If something is being said by a person and they're claiming that it's coming from the Bible, ask them where it says that in the Bible. And if it's contradicting any part of the scriptures, then it means what? They're not teaching the truth. Prove all things mean what? Examine things. Examine what's being said to you. Analyze it. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Hold fast to that which is good. The person that wrote this was Paul. And Paul was a person that not only studied the Bible, but even studied worldly books, had worldly knowledge about the things that were known at that time during the Roman Empire. Because he was so knowledgeable about philosophies, because you had Greek philosophers, which are also considered sometimes scientists, he was warning us about the fact that we should always seek proof for what is being said to us for what we believe in, for what we put in our faith in. If you're a person that just blindly follows scientists because they have a PhD, well, you got to remember that man has created many errors over the years. A few decades ago, there were commercials from doctors, scientists reports that, hey, cigarettes is all good. It's all good to smoke. You know what I'm saying? Nah, the cancer's not being caused by the cigarettes. You're all good, man. And guess what? Not only errors like that, but even errors about the earth, errors about your body. Like, you know, oh, the reason black people are this way is because they have not continued the evolution process. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But then you're finding out now, whoa, so-called blacks were the first humans on earth. And so-called whites are Neanderthals. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you, you got to understand, you cannot go based on man. Man is wishy-washy. They double-minded. You're going to have one person put out something and you're going to have another person refute it the next day. So you have to realize that also everything deals with funding. Right, funding is the main concern for many people, especially for scientists. They gotta, they want to have millions not only for the projects that they they're gonna be involved, but also for their personal life. Right? Nobody does anything for free nowadays, so you gotta understand that 
Paul is warning us, saying, yo, make sure you prove everything. Make sure you examine anything before you believe it. If we go to the first book of Timothy, in chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6, we're going to read from verse 19. In 1 Timothy 6 and 19, it says, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation. When we come into this truth, you have to build a strong foundation for yourself. Because in these last days, deception's all around us. It's literally a click away. <laughs> Think about the fact that a few months ago, you were hearing fake news. Fake news was like a normal thing. And it is a normal thing. It has been for a long time. Just because they saw it on their Facebook feed or they saw it on Twitter. It's like that old um, problem that started with television where people thought that anything on TV was real. Now you think anything that is on the internet is real. Even certain things that were written in books could be what? Incorrect, fictional, or made up for the purpose of selling a book. If that's the case, then what can we really rely on? Well, if you have a strong foundation in the scriptures, that's going to lead you in the right direction always. The Bible is a book that is on its own pedestal. There's no book that could compare to it. And not only that, the Bible says it cannot be matched or made or have a companion to read along with it. So it's something that you really have to be blessed and given the gift of the Holy Spirit or be given guidance by the Most High to know what is really saying. It says it in the scriptures that you could trip up. Christ is a rock and an offense to some people where they trip up and fall. Having a good foundation is very important. It says, laying up and store themselves a good foundation against the time to come. Against the time to come. What's coming in these last days? Lies. Deception. False prophets. False miracles. Flooding of lies, like it says in the book of Revelations, that will swallow up anybody. The deception is going to be so great that if it were possible, it could deceive the elect of God, the chosen of God, that they may hold on eternal life. Because that should be the goal of everyone. That's my goal. My goal is not to make myself rich or famous. Who cares what man thinks? Who cares if you're known by people? What's important is if the Most High knows you. What's important is if you get eternal life. And when we talk about eternal life, we're not talking about you dying and going to heaven like how they teach in the churches. We're talking about here on earth, just like the prophecies spoke of. And someone might say, that's impossible to have eternal life. That's not something that can happen scientifically. But have you heard of a jellyfish? Technically, they could be immortal if they're not killed. Like, for example, there could be trees that are 10,000 years old, according to some studies out there. If they're not cut down and they're not bothered and they don't get sick, they what? They could continue prospering for however long. The Heavenly Father said that that's how we're going to be. That we're going to be like the trees that are planted that basically have longevity. And when you look in the past, there were people that lived very, very long lives. We know that eternity is something possible. Right there, those few examples show you that there's something that we could hope for. The fact that the body of Christ was dead 
and laid there in the grave, in the sepulcher, in the tomb for three days and resurrected and was seen literally of his disciples. Over four, 500 people saw him alive. He ate bread with them, taught them. After he died, he resurrected. That alone shows you eternal life is possible if you have a foundation in God. Verse 20 says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. What do you mean keep that which is committed to thy trust? He said, look, what I taught you, make sure you keep that. Don't let it go. When he said he committed it to his trust, it meant that the teachings that Paul gave him, now he's entrusting him that he will continue teaching it to others. Because although Timothy was young, he had the spirit of our fathers. Just like the prophecies that said that the youth, some of them are going to return and become leaders to our people and give them guidance just like a father gives guidance to his children. He is given that trust. He is given that responsibility to make sure that he continues teaching what is correct. It says, avoiding profane and vain babblings. Vain means worthless. And babblings is people just talk a lot, right? And they talk nonsense. He said, avoid that. Avoid the nonsense talk. Because you had philosophers back then that came from the Greek philosophers that will just speak nonsense. To be or not to be? That is the question. (laughs) You know, and all types of craziness that didn't make sense. That they were just creating a following for themselves. Creating schools out of it. So it says, avoid vain babblings and oppositions. What is an opposition? Something that's opposite of what God said. And when he says to avoid it, it means don't go and try to study it and learn it and focus on it because you already know that it's false. You already know that it's not true. That's like I give an example. Someone will ask me, how do you know you're following the true God? How do you know it's not Buddha? I don't need to study Buddhism to know that it's false. That's a false God. That's something made by the hands of man. That's an image created by man. Can it talk? No. If I bring a sledgehammer and hit the rock, isn't it going to (laughs) break? You know, and the image is going to fall apart. So I know it's not a God. And regardless what tenets or what teachings they have, it doesn't really matter. Because once you have some lies, then all of it is what? lies. So you're going to have that type of understanding that you're supposed to be able to understand one thing from another. That type of wickedness is the reason why we got to avoid the foolishness. That's the type of wickedness that brings confusion. A lot of people that are atheists and the people that are involved in, in science, but they reject that the Bible could be scientific, The reason why is because of the foolishness that is being spoken. YouTube is good for certain things. You can find some real good videos in there sometimes. But man, you could be sifting through foolishness all day. Because there's a lot of foolishness that is spoken of in YouTube. And that's not just YouTube. It's the internet in general. You have people that believe in reptilians. You have people that believe all types of stuff that is far out. Some people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because they have no foundation. When you have no foundation, you're going to follow anybody. The blind lead the blind. They both will fall into a ditch. So the scripture says, 
and oppositions of science. Notice he say oppositions of the scriptures. This is oppositions of science. So meaning our forefathers had understanding of science and they were like, listen, don't listen to something that's against science. And this is one of the verses that mentioned the word science. In English, if you're a Spanish-speaking person, the word science is all throughout the Bible. Those of you that are English-speaking and you read the word knowledge, sometimes that word there is actually the word science. If you look it up in a lexicon that is from Hebrew to English, or even from Greek to English, you will see that the word knowledge actually is the word science in the Bible. So here it is, it says, and oppositions of science falsely so-called. And what that means, there's going to be some science that is going to be taught as science, but it's false. So don't listen to that, the Bible says. Don't listen to the science that is not real science, like you having to believe on theories. Why should I believe in the theory when there's evidence that goes against that theory, where there's proof against that theory? So the scripture says here, which some professing, so some people will speak about science, have erred, meaning they're committing an error. They don't even know what they're speaking about. An example is, you know, people talk about dinosaurs as something that the Bible doesn't talk about that. But dinosaurs existed. Dinosaurs have been here for millions of years. Man, do you know that people didn't even know about dinosaurs? Dinosaurs weren't discovered to the 1800s. But our forefathers were speaking about it thousands of years before. So how the hell are you going to talk about the Bible this, the Bible that? Trying to make it seem like the Bible is some book that is so antiquated that you can't even listen to. Oh, it's erroneous to listen to the Bible. Because there's so many scientific things that is wrong in the Bible. No, there's no scientific things that are wrong. If that was the case, why do you have people like Isaac Newton, Albert Einstein, people that are renowned in this world as great scientists and even fathers of certain type of science, speaking that the Bible was the source of their inspiration. The reason that they were looking into discovering new things was because of the Bible. So how can you talk against the Bible as something that's not scientific when in fact the men that are being studied in colleges, because you have to, in this time period, people are building upon what's already been taught, right? A lot of the scientists today are learning how to move forward the science that has been already established. You have people that didn't even know about DNA. You have people that didn't even know about cells. They didn't know about microbiology. But here it is that they will speak against the Bible, which actually speaks about these things. So it says, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with thee. Amen. And the grace that we want is that the Most High will be with us, will give us guidance, and will not allow us to be deceived by someone claiming to be a PhD or having some title and us putting our faith in man instead of the Heavenly Father. The last scripture I want to go to is back in the book of Daniel. Because most people think that science is something that the Greeks invented. You know, you have a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, the Greeks have known this since this. They have known that since that. And the Romans were this and this Roman person that. 
But if we go to the book of Daniel, we're going to read the second time in the English Bible that the word signs has been used. And here it is that in Daniel chapter 1, reading from verse 1, it says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, so he was an Israelite king, it says, Came Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. To besiege a city means that you surrounded the people inside that cannot come out or go in. And in most cases, the people inside are going to end up starving because they cannot go out to do any trading. They cannot do farm work outside the city. The waters of the city might be dwindling low. So here it is that you're going to have the army waiting for them to become weak enough to either surrender or attack them. So that's what the purpose of besieging. So the Babylonians, under Nebuchadnezzar's rule, had surrounded the whole city of Jerusalem. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Meaning Nebuchadnezzar was triumphant and got the king of Judah as his prisoner. It says, with part of the vessels of the house of God, he took some of the gold, the vessels talking about the spoons, the forks, and everything like that, that were in the temple of the Most High. And the funny thing is that when you think about spoons and forks, in some cases, right, you read about how Europeans didn't even know about forks and spoons. They didn't even know about forks and spoons until later on, even though it was mentioned in the Bible for thousands of years. So it says here, part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. So he took the gold and silver that was belonging to the heavenly father and put it in the house of his idol, his false god. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his god. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs. And a eunuch is basically a servant that might have been castrated because he's going to be around the queen or around the princess. And you don't want to have a man that is going to be around the queen or the princess that will have desire for her. So they castrate them. The servant was being called, but he's the master of all the other servants, the butlers and etc. It says that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed, meaning of the royal lineage, and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish. So the king was requesting, look, out of the slaves that we got from the children of Israel, bring some to me. The ones that have no blemish couldn't be, you know, hunchback, missing one eye, looking weird. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He didn't want none of those coming before him. It says, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom. So he knew this king who's taken down the children of Israel from their powerful nation, right? From Jerusalem, took them down, but yet he could recognize these people are special and they have wisdom. How did he know that? Because the children of Israel were famous for the wisdom that they had in ancient times. And not only in ancient times, even today. Because we're reading about here slaves being taken for their wisdom to work for this guy now. Doesn't that sound familiar? Here it is in modern day Babylon in America. You can find countless of black inventors. As a slave, most of the times, slave master would get the credit. 
and he would patent the work and claim that he did it. When in fact, most of the inventions came from black people. We are taught in this time period that we're nothing. Even in slavery, we were something. We had value. Not just value to pick cotton, but value for our minds. You got to think about the fact that today children are being taught that in order for them to be able to feed their families in the future or be successful, they got to either be a rapper or entertainer or basketball player or football player. And that's the only way. And if they don't make it that way, they got to be a drug dealer. But when you look at our children from little, they are very, very smart. If you give them the time and the attention and you give them the work that will build them up, you will see, wow, we are a special people. We are a people that have wisdom, that have knowledge. Back then, you had people that couldn't even read books inventing things. And those inventions are being used even to this day. Even to this day. And if you don't believe me, go online. There's certain books you could read about or encyclopedias that are free and look up black inventors. And there's a huge list. And remember that certain inventions that were made during chattel slavery was also taking away the credit from the slaves and were given to the slave master. Keep that in mind. So the scripture says here that the king of Babylon said, he wants servants, the servant to get from the children of Israel, those that were skillful in wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and understanding science. Let me, let me explain something to y'all. Just to show you how the Bible is a scientific book. How the Bible tells you that we had a calendar that was based on the sun, the moon, and the stars. Most people today don't even realize that besides the sun and moon and stars being for lights, that their purpose is to determine time, to give time. Today you're following the calendar blindly, don't even know where it comes from, don't even understand the scientific ramifications of that calendar, and you're just following it blindly. Everything is dumbed down. Let's dumb down these people. Let's dumb them down. But if you pick up this Bible, you start realizing, well, we are smarter than that. Most High made us to understand science. Like I said, the name of the title today is called Strange Science because we're going to go over so many things in the scriptures that show either how strange it is the science that's being taught today or how, how can it be that this is mentioned in the Bible? Something that we know now as a fact where it might have not been known 100 or 200 or even 300 years ago. So here we have our forefathers being called men of wisdom, men of knowledge, and that understood science. And such had the ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Notice that the Babylonians were not going to teach them science. What they're going to teach them? Their language, so that they could communicate with them. Because when you read on, the scientific community back then for the Babylonians were magicians. <laughs> magicians, astrologers, and basically those that could not really provide proof. But the Most High, with our forefathers, used wisdom. Like when you read about Daniel in his youth, 
he was able to prove to kings that their gods that they were believing were not gods. And how he did that? He didn't say, oh, just believe and have faith in my God. Blindly believe. No. He gave them scientific proof. Scientific proof. So with that, I want to give all praise and honor to the Most High for giving us his word and for allowing us in these last days to see the deceit, the lies that we've been taught by our enemies, and how beautiful his truth is. Like I always you know, like to say, please pick up your Bible. Start reading from Genesis up. It's going to be obvious that some things you're not going to understand. And also that you might not pick up on the secrets that are being mentioned. At least making yourself aware of what it says. It makes it easier for later on when we go over certain topics for you to say, oh, I didn't see that when I read this. Or to be like, oh, I'm familiar with that history. Or I'm familiar with that chapter. And be able to navigate through it instead of starting from scratch. It's like you can't teach multiplication to someone that doesn't even know how to count from zero to nine. So you have to start somewhere. Don't be afraid of difficult words or anything like that. Read through it. And not only read through it, pick up a dictionary. Find out what certain words mean. As time goes on, you're going to come across that word somewhere else. And the Bible itself will be a dictionary for you. It will define those words for you. I want to give all praise to the Heavenly Father, who is the God of Israel and not the God of Scientology. Shalom.